Warning. Warning. This podcast contains information in Italian language. I repeat, this podcast contains information in Italian. Cin cin. Italian Wine Podcast. Cin cin with Italian Wine People. Hey Wine Geek, it's nice to have you back. Welcome to this extra special episode of Everybody Needs a Bit of Scienza, where Stevie Kim and Il Professore take a trip to Azienda Agricola Foradori. A video version of this podcast is available on Mama Jumbo Shrimp's YouTube channel. Check it out! Okay, so let's go to some wine questions with Emilio. It's kind of a big, big responsibility, right? To take over the production side from um, all that, all the preconceived notions of what your mother's name carries, Elisabetta Foradori, right? So now your name is Emilio, not Foradori, but? Seahawk. Seahawk. How do you spell that? Seahawk. That's a complicated German name. I E R O C K. Ah, okay. Xerox. Okay. So you're, you guys are all Xerox. Yes. Right. Like Xerox. But almost. Okay. So tell us, like, first, first of all, tell us kind of the basics, the must know about Foradori wines today. So the winemaking is always changing and it's, changing especially when the winemakers change because to make wine in in our way in an artisanal way means uh yeah to put the own ideas and also the the own beliefs in the process and if you're not making an industrial standardized wine this component is very important so um what is winemaking for us today so what i try to do is to bring the whole diversity we have outside in our vineyard also in a glass of wine. This means basically that we use just two ingredients um, to make wine, grapes, and before go- going to bottle, we use a little bit of SO2. That's Sofa, it. Yeah. So we don't use the... How much? It depends. I try to go into bottle with 20 milligrams of SO2 free, so it depends on the pH and on the vintage. But we never are above 50 milligrams of total SO2 in mm-hmm. of wine for So this is this has to be said because in the European Union you can use about 500 substances, additives to transform juice, grape juice into wine, and we also live in a region where this is widely used. Um, and instead of looking what we can add and how we can modify grape juice or wine before winemaking, that's the typical thing enologists are doing. So if something is not in place on the point, so if you need, you have the pH is too high, so you're going to acidify, or if, if you need uh, more sugar, you add it. So there are a lot of techniques. Our vision is to observe microbiology, and this is what we do most of the time. We taste the wines and we look under the microscope what's happening in the tank in that moment. What are yeast doing? What are bacteria doing? How can I guide the fermentation? Um, and this is the big topic and also the big challenge we have to face uh, by doing wines without additives or just one additive. 
So, what about the、um, the wines itself? Like, what is what is the signature wine of Foradori? So, the winery changed a lot in the last year, for sure. Granato is our signature icon wine. It's the wine that、um, opened a lot of doors. Uh, to my mom, it's still the most important wine for us, but we also change. So, also so that's of course Teraldago. That's of course Teraldago. So our local.、Uh, and how is how and how is Granato made? So Gran- Granato comes from three old vineyards, which are around eighty years old.、Um, we we、um, take very ripe fruits and、uh, let the wine ferment in oak and also age in oak. Um, but in the last years, because the, the experiments are getting more and more, we also discovered new expressions of Teraldego, like for example Lezer, which are、um, completely different to what we did before. So、uh, we discovered the freshness and also the, let's say, lighter side of this variety. So my mom tried to make out of the Teraldego, and this was the vision of the Granato, a international,、uh, well-established. Big red wine,、uh, but the other we can also show a lighter,、uh, sunnier side of this variety. Yeah, I see that a lot、um, in like natural wine bars, kind of the hip, you know, natural wine bars. If, if that's fair to say. But what about yourself personally? How have you already? I know that you've started your kind of. You had a new label because I came to when I came to see you. You're very. Exp- Excited about Forty Pista. Tell us a little bit about Forty Pista. So when I came here, my first vintage was 2013, and literally my mother gave me the key of the of the cellar door and said, "Mira, now it's your job." So of course, the first two years you try to observe what's going on. You try to not to mess it up. You try not to make a lot of vinegar. <laughs> I just have to say, the first two vintages were. But your mom was not involved in at all when she gave you the no, keys, kind she, of. She was. Well, she knew. We discussed the protocol, and she looked after it, but she really let me do. And the first two years, I tried to understand that, and I also would say, would say copy and make copy and paste, but kind of. There were fourteen, thirteen, and fourteen were quite easy vintages. So easy, not in terms of ripeness, because the grapes were two very difficult vintages. But in terms of let's say chemistry, they were easy because the alcohol levels were quite low, acidity was there, pH was low, so fermentation were fine.、Um, everything changed then in 2015 when、uh, I had the first hot vintage, the first modern vintage, early、mm-hmm. ripeness. Ripe grapes, alcohol, and then I discovered more about the microbiology of、uh, Teraldego because it was a very difficult vintage to handle. So,、uh, alcoholic and malolactics going on together, trying to understand what brettanomyces is. So there was a lot to do, and this, this in these years I also started to vinify some international varieties like Sauvignon Blanc, Chardonnay, and Pinot Grigio on the skins. This was 2013 and. Pinot Grigio seemed to have a real、uh, character, a real soul here in the Piana Italiana, and this is why Fori Pista was born in 2014. Fori、um, Pista means literally out of the slope, out of the ski slope,、um, and it's a Pinot Grigio with maceration, which shows what usually Pinot Grigio from Trentino does not show. So, 
So uh, actually, I had originally when I came down. I think I had the two thousand fourteen vintage. Yeah, that was、right? the first one. And it's it had kind of the orangey tint to it, right? And then today you gave us a glass of forty pista, and it was pretty reddish, right? Much more alive.、Mm-hmm. I mean, still very translucent.、Um, so same grape. Same type of skin contact, right? It one wasn't longer than the other. Why the difference in color variation? Yeah, Pinot Grigio is a variety which has、uh, really problems to have a stable color. So every vintage is of course different, and if it's riper, you get usually more antiscience. If you have a hotter season, you have more antiscience. If you have a rainy season, you have less antiscience. Antiscience is the color component of the. Of the skin of the grape, and so this is also what you find in the in a glass of wine. So, fourteen was very rainy, not a lot of color. Grape skins were more this kind of amber, dark yellow color, and eighteen was a warm vintage with almost red skins, and so we had a much darker color. Okay, great.、Um, I, there's just so much to talk about in terms of wine, but what I'm going to do with the next few minutes is to talk about your favorite wines、uh, from Foradori and why. Let's start with Mirta. My favorite wine. Yes, and why? So, this question is something that we got asked all the、um, time, all the time, <laughs> and my all-time,、um, my all-time response to it.、Um, Because I like all of our wines, I have a hard time to say which one is my favorite in terms of just taste. But my favorite also to sell and to promote is just the normal Foradori, for the simple reason that everybody likes it. It's easy to share with everyone. I like the sharing part. I like、um, to tell people you need a good, you know, present for somebody. You need don't buy some crappy wine. With this one, you're gonna be. Winner, it's always gonna be fine. So it's something that I think it's versatile. I, I, it's it's the standard, let's say, <clears throat> I would say, answer to all the customers that ask. And for myself, I I just enjoy opening a bottle where I don't have to think about too much. Like there's evenings where I don't, I don't want to be, let's say, too deep in into a granato or so. Of course, special occasions are for better special wines, but. The Foradori is just for me the key for everything. Great, we're almost near our close now. And what about you, Theo? What is your favorite wine? Because when we were having lunch, you said it was Nozziola. Yes. And why? Why? Nozziola because、uh, Nozziola is、um, it's a bit of a mystical variety. It's very low alcohol, very very strange,、uh, especially in the first year or two. It's very subtle.、Um, Um, shy variety, but at the same time, there's a schizophrenic part because after a certain moment,、um, depending on the vintage, it can be three, it can be four, it can be five years, but it flips completely, it becomes a very strong wine at the same time without really having、um, symptoms of aging. It doesn't really oxidize; it just changes structure. It becomes a very Different animal, and、um, I like. In fact, I like that people are always surprised when they drink it. It's yeah, like, it's I, always a topic of conversation. I, I agree. Since you're in charge of kind of also the communication, who's doing your Instagram now? Do you guys? Me and Rafael. You and Rafael. Oh, okay. Because when I came, the Instagram didn't exist. But you, you're also the photographer, right? Yes.、I、are you doing a lot of those photog 
um, the photos? Are they yours? In fact, not. I have a really hard time photographing the winery. I always had because it's um, you're the son of the boss. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of the boss. But now you're your own boss, kind of, right? Yes, but I don't. It's, it, there's something perverted about photographing your employees. Really? <laughs> there's something wrong about it, and also it doesn't really add to the image because I mean it's 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 better if somebody else does. So me and Rafael. So Rafael is he works part time for us. He's a graphic designer, uh -huh. and he's always here. So he's uh, he's in charge of all the labels and all these things. And I like him to do it. Right, and then. We we do a planning beforehand, like what content and who should we call. We call one or two photographers a year, always very good guys that I usually are photojournalists, in fact. So they usually come from journalism. And it's really, it's more fun to to kind of see them react to a very strange place because Mezzanombardo has some part, in some extent, some traits of Mezzanombardo are still, still medieval. Right. And morally and mentally. Right. So, especially this year, we have Glauco Canalis, who's very, you know, he's used to this street fashion, London style. And then we throw him to Mezzo Lombardo, and it's actually quite interesting to see what comes out. Yeah, well, I think with that, I think we're going to close. Um, I'm very excited to see the new generation um, taking over, if you will. I think Mezzo Lombardo actually is not very far from Verona. It's about an hour drive. So I think it's definitely worth your while. If you get a chance, um, pop by. That's Foradori. It's foradori.com, right? Agricolaforadori. Yeah, ag agricolaforadori.com. Um, and check it out. I, I see that their Instagram, it's pretty interesting. They're doing some uh, funky stuff, and I think you should check it out. Okay, that's it for now. Thank you for joining us. Until next time. Arrivederci. Ciao, ciao. Thank you for tuning in once again to this special episode of Everybody Needs a Bit of Shenta. I'll see you next time. Chin chin.